that goes back to the the Greek and the storytelling aspects there. So the, the key to it really is engaging somebody in a fun way so they actually listen, they're open-minded, you know, then telling an emotional story that is relevant to that person, ideally has a local angle to it so that, that it matters to you. Uh, that emotion then is translated into a an action and that action then ultimately leads to uh, to long-term behavior change if, if that action can be sustained through ongoing engagement community building and so forth but uh, to answer your question yeah please don't please don't try to shame people <laughs> that's probably the worst thing you can do welcome to the social hotelier podcast with me samirik rutman this is a podcast where i meet hospitality change makers thought leaders and people who like to make a difference to make the world a better place well, my guest today is Daniel Hetwer. He has a very interesting background. He has transitioned from pioneering sustainability finance in China to shaping the landscape of entertainment uh, with the Hidden Worlds Entertainment. With the background of this financial engineering and consulting for international companies, his journey evolved when he collaborated with Hollywood's leading pre-visualization company, The Third Floor. So driven by a vision to use entertainment as a catalyst for positive change, uh, Daniel founded this company called Hidden Worlds Entertainment. And their groundbreaking venture transforms entertainment, travel, and hospitality by crafting immersive guest experiences that seamlessly blend enjoyment with impact. Interesting in this only immersive entertainment project accredited as a United Nations Ocean Decade Activity seeks to stimulate ocean science and knowledge generation to reverse the decline of the state of the ocean system and catalyze new opportunities for sustainable development of this massive marine ecosystem. So Daniel, welcome to the show and I'm very glad to meet you. Hey Sam Eric, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I've been a, a big fan, so it's an honor to be here today. Well, um, I'm really becoming a fan of you here by, by reading about what you're doing. So it'll be very, very, in, it's, a, it's a mutual. Uh, but I'm interested to learn now about the inspiration you have had and what are your first memories that triggered the idea that you want to create something uh, larger than life and larger than what you are and to make a, what we call the world a better place? Uh, that's a great question. Um, it depends on how far, <laughs> how far back you want to go. Um, Personally, I've always been incredibly interested in the uh, in anything water-related. There's this draw that, that water creates, and I think a lot of us feel feel the same way. And I started uh, getting closer to the water, and I started becoming very interested in, in what's in the water, so particularly fish and sea life and, and so forth. So I was diving at a, at a very young age. I've been really enjoying to dive. But to be completely candid, I've also been always enjoying to fish. Um, so, you know, there was always this appreciation for nature, but at the same time, you know, um, you know the, the, that adventure with nature, you know, and, and catching fish and, and all of that. So I became very interested in nature conservation because I wanted to preserve what's there. And of course, if you like fishing, you want to continue to fish as well. Um, that was sort of like my very early steps into the nature conservation space. And I learned quite quickly that a lot of people that like to fish or people that like to hunt are actually quite interested in nature conservation, uh, which was very interesting because a lot of people on the nature conservation side don't, uh, 
don't think the same of those people, right? And that quite early on got me very interested in, you know, habit formation and change and, and how can we generate impact? How can we reach the other side? How can we, you know, work together to make the world a better place um, without offending each other, judging each other and, and creating division in the world? And that's, uh, that was the very, very early beginning of my interest uh, in this field. Very good. Now, uh, obviously, you need people to, to to partner with you who have a similar mindset. Uh, how challenging was it to find people who you could work with, or was it just natural because you you were you were in the what I call in the right circles about those things? Right. So, I mean, initially, I was trying to find a job within the nature conservation field, uh, applying my psychology background. So, I, I ended up uh, studying um, psychology. And uh, that was quite hard. <laughs> that was very hard because a lot of the charities uh, and NGOs, they have a different business model, right? They like to issue papers and peer review studies and so forth because that ends up raising them more money and that pays the salary. So a, a ground bottom-up type approach to create consumer change, so to speak, was not quite interesting. So I moved into sustainability finance, so still within the impact space, but from more a financial point of view, and then uh, with some of the, the savings I had, I ended up investing into an entertainment company and that got me into the entertainment field. Um, was it challenging to get people behind this vision? Look, I think it's, it was challenging, but it was also very interesting um, because if you're serious about impact, you don't just want to talk to people in the conservation space, right? So... We need somebody like Philippe Cousteau or, or, or Dr. Austin Gellinger, who are both partners of ours and who are very, very big in the conservation space. And we, we love them and we appreciate them. We love working with them. But at the same time, you need neuroscientists, you need psychologists, you need people that understand how to create change, how to tell stories, how to stimulate your brain for, for awareness and for engagement. So we work with Dr. Paul Zak and Dr. Jorge Barraza from uh, USC. And then, of course, you need people that understand entertainment. So you need to work with people like uh, Bob Ward, who's one of the founding members of Universal Theme Parks. So I think it was certainly challenging, but it wasn't quite as challenging because everybody saw the uniqueness, the innovation, the, the different approach. So everybody gave it a shot. And I think um, by giving it a shot, we, uh, we had an opportunity and we proved what we came out to prove. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean... Uh that you are connected with uh, uh, those personalities that you mentioned, I think that makes a world of a difference. And I think that uh, it gives you the push and motivation to, uh, to keep pushing because uh, there, there, are, there are so many in this world who say, ah, that's not really worth it, doesn't, have, doesn't work. And, uh, and obviously you are, you are not the person who will listen to that kind of, uh, I think it probably motivates you more than anything else to push harder to, to make things better. But uh, uh, for those uh, who don't know about the Hidden World Entertainment and uh, what are the things that, uh, what are the activities, it would be interesting to learn a little bit about the, the actual experience uh, visitors can have and, or, or the kind of activities you do. So if you can just uh, share with me the, the, uh, the kind of services and what you provide. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so we are an impacttainment company. So we, we are out there in order to generate positive impact through entertainment. Now, what does that mean? Um, of course, we need to have the entertainment angle. We need to be fun and, you know, entertaining, drawing people in uh, because nobody listens if they don't have fun, 
right? That's a, that's a very basic principle. Uh, so it needs to be fun, it needs to be sexy, it needs to be having a draw. Um, but then we, we're looking to create impact through entertainment. That means we're looking to tell stories that are emotionally engaging, uh, that are stimulating your brain in a certain way, that are optimized for oxytocin release, that, that uh, are highly engaging. Um, and in, in doing so, impactainment is different than edutainment because edutainment is focused on education. But facts don't really create change. Feelings do, right? Most people make decisions based on emotions. They make decisions based on feelings and then they try to rationalize them with facts afterwards. It's quite interesting um, yeah. because we, we make a decision and then we don't want to look stupid. So education always follows action, right? Um, and uh, it's, it's quite, quite interesting how that works. So you do get the education aspect anyways if you create an impact aspect. So that's, that's in a nutshell the overall uh, focus of the company. And two of the prime areas that we focus on are nature conservation and mental health uh, or mental well-being. We started off with the nature conservation side where we have a beautiful, immersive, um, nature-inspired dining experience that take you through the ocean, through the mangroves, through coral reefs. We're now expanding that. We're deploying that on a permanent basis where we have additional uh, theme tree elements, soundscapes that, that give you the feeling of, of sitting in a, in a mangrove forest. Uh, everything is planet positive or ocean positive uh, from a dining aspect point of view. So with every bite, you actually help the planet. You actually help the ocean. It's the only dining experience out there that utilizes invasive species and overpopulated species that you can actually create positive change by eating some of our dishes. Um, the same goes for the drinks. Our drinks are ocean positive. So if you end up uh, having a slight hangover the next day, congratulations, you helped the ocean with it. <laughs> and yeah. on the, and the where, where does this, um, where, what, where are you located in terms of uh, venues or, or how do you, how do you operate? Yeah, so we've we've started out to prove the concept, you know, so it's it's a very, very novel concept. This hasn't been done before. So our first step was to uh, to really prove that this works and that people love it and that we can create impact. Right. So we had thousands of people going through the show. And a lot of our guests afterwards went to do beach cleanups. So the same people that paid a lot of money to go to our experience uh, were then standing the next day in the hot Miami sun. Uh, collecting cans and, and plastic bags and whatnot. So certainly we've, we've been proven that it, that it works. So we've been doing this as a pop-up format first, and we've been blessed and working with uh, great brands such as um, uh, the Islands of the Bahamas, as well as MasterCard in, in making these pop-ups happening. But because the guest experience was so great, um, and quite frankly, we, we were sold out every day. We're now able to engage with investors and we're bringing this on a permanent basis to select markets. Um, Miami being one of them, Nassau being another one of them. So there's a, there's a lot happening this year from a, from a permanent deployment point of view. Um, and from there, we're just going to look uh, and expand, expand on it, ideally with uh, interested partners from the hotel space, for example, high-end brands that are looking to do better and, and do good and we see that a lot in the market i'm sure sam eric you you can agree on that you see a lot more sustainability focus right a lot more impact focus a lot more consciousness in in your space so um i think there's a lot of synergy there yeah i mean 
once I knew we were going to have a discussion uh, about the, the, this, the, this topic and what you do, uh, I started to think about what I, have, what I have seen and what I have uh, seen people doing. And of course, there are uh, experiments uh, by certain Michelin star restaurants or individual banquet events where they are creating these events. But I, I never saw that they were seriously about uh, uh, conservation, sustainability or regenerative ideas, any of that. It was just purely a entertainment factor that came in. But then uh, I'm, here, I'm close to what's happening in, in Asia. And then in, in South Korea, there are several uh, activities going on. Uh, the latest one is a, a Inspire resort in, in uh, close to the Incheon airport. And so they are developing. So particularly for the Korean, they, are, they have taken this idea. But I haven't heard the, the magic words that you're talking about, which is energy <laughs> conservation and, and all that. It has been more of the entertainment factor. So I think right. you, you clearly have something going for yourself. And uh, uh, you probably know a little bit about me, about my passion for uh, creating sustainable human experiences uh, in, in the kind of activities I do. So uh, there is a definitely a synergy. And I, I know that uh, the consumers will definitely uh, vote with a wallet when they are going to a place. And then if they can make a difference through whatever they can do, I think they will uh, spend money on those activities. So I think you definitely have a very interesting position here. But I'm interested to learn what you have heard about some specific success stories of examples of uh, who were deeply moved about those experiences at your pop-up uh, events. Yeah, um, so it was quite interesting. So there, there were a couple of anecdotes we have. Of course, number one, we've, we've seen the, the great success of our cleanups afterwards, right? So that's a very measurable element. And we've seen that we were sold out, which, which again is a very measurable uh, element. And we've been attracting um, all kinds of Know, famous people that, that tend to come through word of mouth right so we've we've had NBA players in there and NFL players and so forth and they simply wouldn't come if if they didn't hear that's a great experience from somebody else so we, we've definitely seen those very measurable aspects but then we've we've also had these unmeasurable aspects right we had people ending ending up crying in the space uh, not because of pain but because of of just being so emotionally engaged, you know, because it does take you on a roller coaster. A good story takes you on a roller coaster, right? Oh yes. No, no good stories ever flatline <laughs> <laughs> or rise up and, and nothing happens. There always have to be challenges. There have to be moments that are, are, are slightly, you know, put you in a different, put things in a different perspective and so forth. So we've we've definitely seen that within the space where people were were incredibly emotional um, and people paid good money for it and came afterwards to us and, and thanked us for the best night ever and uh, that was beautiful to see um, and but it, it, it does make sense right if you look into the space if you look into successful brands every great brand sells you an emotion not not a tangible good right Nike is not a shoe brand they're not selling you shoes selling you the feeling of you can do it better right you can do whatever you want you can just you just need to believe in yourself and just do it uh, yeah. apple is, is selling you the belief that you can be a creative disruptor if you're part of apple you're part of a tribe that goes against the mainstream you know although arguably now apple is mainstream itself but back then it was the the, the bad ibms that was those enemies right that, that were created so that's a very very emotional attachment as a matter of fact and 
the latest or uh, one of the latest uh, Harvard Business Reviews, um, they had a very interesting study that that proved that emotional connection is one of the main drivers of brand equity, and will be even more so going forward. So, if you do have a great story to tell, and if you're genuine about it, then you must tell that story because it's not going to be only very impactful, but it's also going to be commercially successful. Yeah, I mean, these events and, and, and the sort of the great story will create a ripple effect of inspiration and motivation and positive uh, movement for people. So that's very interesting. But I'm also quite curious that you have got uh, United Nations behind you. I mean, this particular uh, aspect of it and, and collaboration with uh, the islands like the Bahama. Um, how does this partnership contribute to the overall impact and reach of Hidden World's entertainment mission uh, that you have? Well, first of all, we're, we're incredibly grateful for these partners, right? Um, yeah. And it, I think it proves that the team has created something that's truly very unique, right? Uh, because otherwise these partners wouldn't come behind it. Uh, United Nations and the, the government of the Bahamas, those are big names. And they wouldn't, wouldn't risk their reputation if it wasn't for something that truly is innovative and, and creates impact. It certainly has helped us. Look, I mean, there, there's always value in, in having a, a partner like the United Nations because that in turn shows that we are serious about what we're doing. It shows that we have taken a measurable evidence-based approach to our impact because there's a lot of people, frankly, out there that, that do still do quite a bit of greenwashing. And by sure. the way, we see the same now in the mental health space where it's all well washing, you know, <laughs> it, the, the washing aspect seems to be a, a recurrent theme, no matter in which impact area you're at. Um, yeah. So there's just so much, you know, I wouldn't call it fraud, but there's certainly misleading the consumer in, in many areas. So um, consumer likes brands that they can, uh, a consumer likes a brand that uh, he or she can trust. Uh, yeah. So that element of trust uh, has definitely, we've definitely benefited from it. And then for the Bahamas, um, Bahamas have been incredible to work with. We, we really enjoyed our partnership there. Um, it actually came and developed because they came to our very first activation, loved it so much that they wanted to do another activation with us as, as the prime sponsor, where then the deputy prime minister uh, came and fell so in love that he decided that he needs that uh, this experience on a permanent basis in Nassau. So it's been a very evolving uh, partnership. We, so we certainly benefited uh, from it because um, it's transitioning us into a, a more permanent, more cash flow stable type uh, situation here. Um, but then other than that, I mean, you know how it is, right? You're, the multi-sensory sensory aspect of a dining experience is incredibly important. So if yeah. you have a, uh, an association with the Bahamas and you can show those beautiful visuals and these, these aerial footage, these shots over the islands and so forth, your dish is going to taste better already, right? So uh, there's yeah. definitely that psycho taste aspect that we've yeah. benefited from as well. Yeah. How do you reach out to those? Uh, I, mean, uh, I mean, you mentioned Bahamas, but there are so many destinations in Caribbean or even to other areas of the world. Uh, how do you reach out to them or do they just reach out to you because they have seen uh, what you're doing? Um, so far they've reached out to us, <laughs> believe it or not. So we've been, we've been quite, uh, quite lucky and blessed in that. Um, now, now as we're moving into this new permanent location strategy, we are going to have rotating menus and we, 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 we want to support 
local initiatives from different countries, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to work with different tourism organizations. It might be Costa Rica, it might be Malaysia, it might be Indonesia for one season. Um, so we're, we're definitely looking to partner and increase our partnership uh, focus here in order to keep the experience fresh, but also to highlight different cuisines, different cultures, different ways of approaching sustainability and different charities and uh, impact areas. Um, so yeah, we've, we've been very blessed in being actively approached, but we do need to do more now actively from our side as well to, uh, to, to reach out to more of these tourism organizations, yeah. Yeah, I mean, of course, there are very large um, trade show events going on around the world. Uh, Berlin, the International Tourismus Burst is coming up. Right. That's, a, that's one of those huge events where everybody goes. Of course, in the U.S., there are very large uh, trade shows. I don't know if that's kind of an angle you would like to take, but I'm, uh, are you considering that or is it more of that you're going just a one-on-one and targeted to, let's say, if it's Malaysia or Thailand or you know, Indonesia, and then reach out to the, to the tourism authorities and then taking that route? No, look, we're very, we're very open. Look, we just want to create great experiences that create positive change, right? So whatever yeah. gets us that direction. If somebody sees us and wants to reach out, we're more than happy to entertain any, any of that. Um, but I love your idea, what you just mentioned with the uh, tourism conferences and, and exhibitions and so forth. Um, I think there's a great opportunity and, and we always want to support new ideas and share our knowledge. Uh, so if there's ever you know, a place where we can, we can support, where we can add value by, by giving a keynote speech or something on the, the next generation of hospitality, we're of course very keen to do that too. I, I like that idea. I might uh, <laughs> come after the podcast. We can just discuss that some more. Very good. Um, I'm very uh, passionate about the supporting local communities. And I think the local community plays a huge role in the success of those initiatives when you go to a island destination, because you're, you're relying on the community also to uh, do the right thing. So uh, uh, could you just share what your thoughts are about uh, the engagement of local community to ensure the positive effect and and, and the kind of initiatives you think that uh, you could be part of in maybe that goes beyond the immediate visitor experience? Right. It's such a great question, and it's a question that has so many possible answers to it, right? So first of all, local communities, local uh, local support is always better than supporting huge organizations, right? Uh, you know where your money is going, there's a lot less overhead. So there's always a benefit in, in going to smaller uh, type organization and charities that you're supporting. So that's first off, right? Secondly, it is quite interesting because from a psychology point of view, if I do something in Miami, my likelihood in getting people engaged is higher if I highlight initiatives that are also engaged in Miami, right? So lionfish, uh, preventing lionfish from, from the oceans there, for example, that benefits both the Bahamas as well as Miami is very strong because you're much more likely to engage with a local cause that is in tight proximity to where you live than with a cause that is completely disconnected. And that's the challenge, right? So now all of a sudden we do a pop-up experience in Miami and hypothetically we work with Peru well, what are we going to do, right? <laughs> How are we going to split it? And there might be there might be interesting ways there where you do a dual partnership with two local charities, and that might be, for example, kids focus, right? So then, all of a sudden, you can leverage 
you know, the hook of, of kids and, and the connectedness between the, the, the kids both in Peru and Miami uh, to nature, J just hypothetical example here in order to get people engaged and get people to broaden their mind as well. So psychology is an incredibly interesting field because we act very, very irrational. You know, tribalism is a very strong force in our decision making. So that is just something that we always need to consider. How can we support best a local initiative in one of the tourism partnership uh, locations that we have? while at the same time ensuring the maximum support for that, uh, given the localism and, and tribalism aspects of, of the location where we're doing an activation in, which is most likely not in that country that we're looking to support, yeah. right? So that's, that's a challenge. Um, but the most important part is that, first of all, you need to be aware of the challenge. You need to understand the science and why that challenge is a challenge. And, and with that, you can overcome it by... Again, applying science. It's, science is your best friend here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, you talk about the industry verticals can provide opportunities for impact and impactainment. Uh, are there specific sectors within the entertainment, travel and hospitality industries where you see untapped potential for combining fun uh, with impact? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's... look. Uh, I think you have a great opportunity in a variety of sectors, right? Uh, and if, if you just look into um, the founder of the, um, the, the polio vaccine, uh, I think Jonas Salk, he's the founder of the Salk Institute too. So the reason why he, f one of the great inspirations for the polio vaccine was that he was awestruck. He went into the space, I believe it was a basilica or a church-like uh, structure, and he was just blown away by the, the vastness and the greatness and the high ceilings and everything. And that gave him that, that final piece of inspiration in order to really push forward with the polio uh, vaccine research. And because of that, he founded the, uh, this institute that really focuses on the aesthetics of buildings uh, as, a, as a way to inspire. So you, can, you could argue that architecture in itself has you know, given us the polio vaccine. So great, there, there are a lot of different fields where we can create impact. The, the fields that we are most interested in, though, are um, what I call the Trojan horses. You know, and, and here it's very important to consider that impact, impact is driven by positive change, right? So if, if you would be vegan and you want to create a, get more people to eat less meat, then it makes no sense to build an experience for vegans, right? Uh, unfortunately, in the conservation space, you know, uh, we built uh, experiences for ocean conservationists to support the ocean. Well, they already support the ocean, so they don't really matter, right? Uh, in the uh, in the plant-based movement, we built uh, experiences for people that eat vegetarian or vegan already. That doesn't quite matter because they are already uh, believing in this. So, uh, from an impactment point of view, it's very important to target the people that you know you need to raise awareness, uh, the sector that, where you need to raise awareness. And so seafood sector for us, for example, you know, there's a lot of un unsustainable seafood. So that's why we built an immersive seafood experience, but targeted at seafood consumers, you know, the people that love their sushi, they love to go out, they love to have a, a sexy fun night with sake and, and, and uh, sashimi and, and all of it. Um, and we've, we've managed to create positive impact there. So to, to me personally, I think dining, is one of the biggest sectors 
uh, where yeah. you can create positive impact. The other sector is themed entertainment, so theme parks and so forth, um, because you can create inspiration at scale. Uh, there's 500 million people going through theme parks every year. Uh, I think uh, 1.25 million of those are considered geniuses from a distribution point of view, from an IQ point of view. If you could inspire those 1.25 million people, we might actually have a shot to, to develop fusion or decarbonization and new <laughs> techniques and desalination and so forth. So yeah. uh, dining, dining and themed entertainment and then anything that, that really reaches a, a, a broad range of people. It's the same with cruise, cruise ships and hotels. You know, there's a lot of unsustainable cruise ship operations, a lot of unsustainable hotel operations where if you could reach those people with a more uh, sustainability or impact focused offering, you would be able to create positive impact. And, and that's what yeah. we're here for. What are your thoughts are there are there's a, a kind of a kind of a attitude of certain people who want to make an impact by by creating shame that people will be shameful of with their behavior? Is that the good way of doing these things? Or is it just to actually to create the positive things and 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 lift them up rather than pressing them down? Yeah, so shaming is probably the worst thing that you can do. Um, so if you look into the, uh, if you look into what happens in your brain if you get shamed or if you get offended, right? Um, being physically assaulted and uh, uh, assaulted through words has a very similar impact in your brain. So uh, essentially, your amygdala uh, goes into a fight or flight response, and you're unable to receive information and make rational decisions, right? So what happens if I, you know, hand to extend my hand and I threaten to 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 slap you in the face, or if I call you an idiot? It's exactly the same thing. What happens in your brain? All right. So ask yourself how many times if somebody threatens to slap you in the face, are you going to have a rational discussion with that person? <laughs> how many? How many times? <laughs> not often. <laughs> not often, right? So how many times are you going to listen to that person? Uh, and you know, too many times. In the conservation space, we, we stand on these big podiums and dressed up and we look down on everybody and we tell everybody how much they suck. And then we expect them to turn around and do exactly as they were told, like little yeah. little kids, right? Um, that's not how you, how you create uh, change. Now, there's, an, there's another misconception, unfortunately, which is, you know, driving attitudes. So there have been a lot of studies... Uh, there was a big campaign here in the U.S. Um, it's basically promoting five five servings of fruit and vegetable each day, and then they measured the attitudes afterwards, right? And everybody said, "Yeah, you got to eat five servings of fruit and vegetables a day." Did they? There was no measurable increase in consumption of of fruit and vegetables each day. So, attitudes don't drive behavior; behavior drives attitudes. Right? There you go. And how do you create behavior? Well, behavior is driven by emotions. So how do you create emotions? It's, it, that is something that you can hack, right? And we have, we have advanced techniques and technologies that can really measure whether or not somebody is emotionally engaged. Um, and that goes back to the, the Greek and the storytelling aspects there. So the, the key to it really is engaging somebody in a fun way so they actually listen and they're open-minded. You know, then telling an emotional story that is relevant to that person ideally has a local angle to it so that, that it matters to you. Uh, that emotion then is translated into a, an action and that action then ultimately leads to, uh, to long-term behavior change if, if that action can be sustained through ongoing engagement, community building and so forth. 
but uh, to answer your question, yeah, please don't, please don't try to shame people. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> yeah. the worst thing you can do. And we see what's happening now, right? Repub where I live in the U.S., Republicans and Democrats don't talk to each other. No. The only thing, the only thing that shaming does is to create more divide, and then we're not going to be able to move forward at all. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of work to be done in that that department for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in fact, I was just told about it. I mean, you just gave a master class about storytelling, which I like, you know, you just made in your comments. So it was nice that I, I think the audience should take note of what you just said a few minutes ago before we talked about living in the U.S. So it's, it's a very nice, nice addition here. Uh, but te technology, in terms of technology, how do you see it leveraging innovation to explore new possibilities and and create an impactful experience across these various industry verticals. Any thoughts on that, the, the technology aspect? Yeah, so technology is a, technology is a great tool, right? Um, we know that if we put you into an immersive uh, experience, for example, um, the, uh, any psychological impact that we create is amplified, right? So if I tell you an emotional story in a, in a regular format, then and I put you into that space afterwards, right? Let's say that you, it is talking about a kid in Indonesia. If you're sitting with that kid in the, in, in the hut in Indonesia, it's going to be a much more impactful story. Yeah. So, so no doubt there. Um, having said that, no technology can overcompensate for a poor story. No. Right? So the, you can have an incredible short story on a piece of paper that brings you to tears and you can have a two-hour michael bay transformer movie that's just absolute you know, uh non-emotionally engaging <laughs> right yeah. um and so so that's from a technology aspect but we can also leverage technology to ensure that we tell emotional stories right and that's where it becomes very interesting now when we look into uh, vr based pre-visualization pre so for example when we build our experiences what we always do is we pre-build them in virtual reality uh, put people into vr and then we use advanced neuroscience tools in order to measure people's neurochemistry for example so are we actually triggering empathy you know, are we actually telling the story in a way where we are emotionally engaging? And we can do that now. We can measure that now. That That is really, you know, when Steven Spielberg used to write these amazing stories, he had to do that without any technological help. We can hack that process now. So that's that's very, very helpful. But that's also great because now you don't have an excuse to, to build a bad story anymore <laughs> because we have the tools available to, to do it right. So anybody that does a bad story should probably reconsider the job that they're in. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned mental health, and I think that's quite the interesting angle on things. Uh, uh, what initiatives do you see that can be undertaken through your or your, your address to promote mental health well-being and through these immersive experiences? Is there a connection with those immersive experiences and related to uh, mental wellness or uh, well-being and so on? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at one of the most successful immersive experiences out there on the planet. So it's, it's these uh, Van Gogh-based uh, immersive experiences, right? There are millions of people have gone to these shows um, and the guy uh, unfortunately committed suicide. So we're, we're out here appreciating the art of one of the greatest artists of all time who ended up uh, committing suicide. Unfortunately, 
I'm not aware of any of them that actually talk about mental health, right? So it's, it's a bit of a shame because we're out here enjoying this beautiful art and at the same time there's no awareness for it and, and we need this awareness, right? Um, I believe in 2021, 23.8% of US Americans uh, were suffering from mental health disorders. Yeah. If you talk to people in the space that will tell you that 85% of all people at some point in their life will have a mental health uh, challenge. So it impacts us all. Suicide is the yeah. fourth leading cause of death for the bracket 14 to 29 year old and it's only going to rise because of social media. So we have, we have a huge challenge here ahead of us. And um, I personally always found it a bit sad that we, you know, we take this beautiful art and many of these artists have struggled with mental health disorders. Frida Kahlo, uh, Jason Bajax Pollock, um, Mark Rothko, uh, as well as, uh, you know, uh, authors, Fitzgerald, uh, Mary Shelley, the one who wrote Frankenstein, Beethoven was bipolar. It goes on and on and on and on, right? So we enjoy this art, we enjoy these icons and we don't even know that they were struggling and that's a shame because people need to be aware that there can be beauty in struggle people need to be aware that you can overcome struggle and create greatness uh yeah there's amazing artists that that worse had substance abuse issues and actually used art to overcome that right so these are important stories and and that extends until today right we we see that with a uh, big we see that with people that look beautiful and amazing and, and rich on instagram and uh, in the end, they overdose on, on a substance, right? Because they were depressed. Yeah, yeah so, that's, that's very sad. And, and for particularly the <clears throat> uh, young generation who is uh, looking up to them and, uh, and they don't see that, the dark side of things. So, and right. then just to have that the idol and they want to uh, look up to them and uh, they're willing to spend all kinds of money to just have the right, right uh, gear or whatever it is that... Uh, they can identify with so it's yeah it's very it's a big challenge yeah so so i see i see really a, a massive opportunity here in the awareness space you know yeah. awareness for others and awareness for yourself so if you're struggling for mental health disorders you need to be aware that there are others out there loneliness is one of the main drivers of uh of, of suicide for example so please be aware that you are not alone there's others yeah. out there and please be aware that there's help out there too now if you're not struggling f with mental health uh, there is uh, an awareness for for you to realize that others might be and you you should realize the signs and the symptoms and these massive immersive experiences have such a powerful draw millions of people go through them so you can save many many lives by by creating something that is again inviting and entertaining and engaging and interactive and and has learning aspects to it but at the same time, you come out of it and you are more aware. Now, where I would draw the line, we see a lot more of these, what I would call well-washing uh, experiences, you know, um, that are either not scientifically proven, never had an evidence-based approach. And then there's another category of, of people that mean very well, but where I'm a little worried when they position their experience as the one that is needed for people to feel better. And I, I hope everybody on this podcast here realizes that you don't need to spend $35, $40, $50 to go and experience to, to feel better. You know, you need to pick up the phone and talk to a friend. You need to give a loved one a hug. You need to take a walk in nature. You need to take a piece of paper and just, we, we know from brain research, from, from brain science, that just writing down gratitude 
every day has a very powerful impact. Just doodling or, or, or drawing for 30 minutes after you had a stressful episode, it decreases your level of stress significantly. And it is proven in heart rate studies and stress studies and, and brain studies, people were put into fMRIs to study this thing. So this isn't just some kumbaya nonsense here. This is hardcore science. Yeah. So don't ever feel like you need to spend off this money or you're not rich enough to take care of yourself. Um, there's, there's many, many things that you can do. And I think our job here at Hidden Worlds is to create an experience that draws people in and creates that awareness. I don't want you to come twice. I want you to go home mm. afterwards. I want you to be better. Yeah. You know, I don't need you to be a repeat customer. I need you to, yeah. to be better for yourself. Does music play, play any role in the kind of activities you do in, in those uh, uh, experiences that you're providing? Yeah, so music plays a huge role, actually. So it's quite interesting uh, that you asked that because, um, and, and there's different elements of music. So um, there's amazing experiences uh, out there that utilize vibroacoustics. So uh, vibrations, for example, can, have, uh, can put you almost into a meditative state. So that's very, very powerful. Uh, we know that uh, songs that are uh, listened to at 60 beats per minute, your brain waves almost melt with the song. You know, they almost become one. It, it fully syncs up and it's absolutely wonderful. We know uh, from sound therapy that there are certain sounds, certain vibrations that uh, can alter your mood. There's those that uh, make you a bit more calm, a bit more sleepy. There are those that get you a bit more hyped and, and, and ready to go, so to speak, right? Um, so sound plays an incredible role. Uh, and then, of course, nature sound, the sound of wave, waves, for example, has a very, very soothing effect. That's why um, ocean therapy is so good for you, right? When you sit on the beach and you just stare at an ocean, the soothing blue of the ocean together with those waves crashing uh, has, yeah. has been proven to actually have a very positive uh, impact on your brain. So uh, definitely sound is incredible incredibly important and incredibly overlooked <laughs> most experiences unfortunately sure. um but you know how it is right i mean the, the the hotels that you worked at uh or worked on right um imagine that you go to this this place it's wonderful it's you know beautiful accent lightings on the, on the ground you know it shines through these palm trees it casts a shadow of these palms onto the ceiling gold accents, a beautiful polished place, and all of a sudden it plays some rock and roll music. You know, impossible. Well, I'm, I've been guilty one, a long time ago when I was very young in the career, and then, and I thought that people liked the same music as I, as I did. <laughs> but uh, I knew better after that. Right. But, it, you know, the sound can either enhance or ruin a, an experience, for sure. Yes, you know, same that's true. Scent. I mean... All of our all of our senses are incredibly important to stimulate, stimulate yeah. right? Like you go into a beautiful space and it smells terrible. That's why um, scent is, is is being so much used now, especially in the hotel place uh, space, right? You can smell one hotels. You step into one hotels, no matter where you go in the world, it smells the same, right? The same with uh, the addition hotels, for example. They have their very unique smells, four seasons. And it's, well, Langham it's has the yeah. has a one particular signature flower scent that uh, you you can feel it when you walk into their lobby. So it is a, it's our uh, that because that memory of of a scent actually stays very your your brain I think uh, reacts in a in a different way if you you, you can get the scent uh, somewhere else and you say oh I remember this one where I was right, right. same for sound and and yeah yeah definitely these cues. 
And of course, you want to give somebody a positive experience because otherwise, that 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 uh, scent is forever associated with that negative yeah. uh, uh, experience, right? So the imprinting of it is incredibly important too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This has been a very interesting discussion, and you, you we covered uh, uh, many areas, and uh, and I really appreciate your, all your insight in, in this discussion. Um, just a kind of a final question. Uh, you st when you started your, your, your journey in creating these events with the Hidden Worlds Entertainment, and if you would look back to your younger self, is there some tip you would have given yourself early on that you would have uh, maybe avoided some of the obstacles that, that happened, or, or you're just happy with the way things have worked, or are there any tips you would have given your younger self? Um, I don't know how, how old people are uh, in, in general, your audience is that's listening to it, but I, I would say uh, I would encourage anyone who is younger uh, to, to be curious and broadly interested. You know, we now have these amazing podcasts that you can just consume all day long. You know, you don't have to read these things in, in books anymore, where it's, it's a lot more efficient today to just listen to a podcast. Uh, doing the gym like this podcast here there's uh, there's podcasts on marketing and finance and, and what have you um, it's always good to be broadly curious and interested because that allows you to see the world through other people's eyes and that's incredibly important um, and needed to put the, the world together and that's quite interesting isn't it we need to have different yeah. perspectives in order to be more unified um, overall so I think that would be the two main uh, recommendations I would give I, I've been narrow-minded in my life and I wish I wasn't I wish I would have been uh, you know more open and broadly more broadly interested more early on in my life uh, always ask questions always listen to the answer even if you don't like it you'll probably take something out of it so curiosity is key uh, at least that would be my recommendation well there's a lot of learnings there well thank you Daniel now uh, if people are interested to learn more about and, uh, and want to reach out to you and learn more about what your activities, how can they do so? Where, where can they find you? Yeah, so um, you can check us out on ourhiddenworlds.com. Uh, that's our, our website. Um, it's completely kind of needs updating uh, because now we are going into the mental health space. So, so we, we do have a little work to do there. Um, otherwise, feel free to reach me directly on LinkedIn. Uh, always happy to chat is Daniel Hetver. H-E-T-T-W-E-R. Well, Daniel, thank you very much. It has been a very interesting discussion and I really look forward to uh, getting here in the comments so I, from, the, from the listeners and the viewers. So uh, for all the viewers and listeners, if this is the first time that you are you're joining, listening to my podcast, uh, please write in the comments because I think it's a value to not only to Daniel, who is my guest today, and but to myself, where we can answer some more questions for you. And uh, obviously very happy if you subscribe or put a review in Apple Play or, or YouTube. So look forward to seeing you all again in my next episode. So thank you again, Daniel, for this very nice episode. Sam Eric, thank you for having me. Appreciate it.